Good morning. Uh, man, that was terrible. Let's try that again. Good morning. Good. Good morning to those that are joining us uh, online this morning. If you're online, we'd just like to ask you to like, share, comment on Facebook, uh, interact with us as we go throughout uh, the morning. Uh, and a uh, couple of quick announcements before we get started this morning. Uh, it is official. Third Thursday is going to relaunch in downtown on March the 18th. Um, we'll give more details as we know more in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and then also, just FYI, we're exploring options uh, for Easter, April 4th, uh, about a location maybe out, outdoors to where we can uh, have more people spread out and uh, hopefully kind of defeat the limited space we have here with COVID and all of that. And that but Easter Sunday, April 4th, uh, and we'll just uh, inform y'all as we uh, find out more. Uh, information. And with that, let's uh, have a word of prayer. We'll dive into our text this morning, and then when we're done with our message this morning, we'll have a time of worship to close us out. Let's pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together uh, to worship you. And Lord, we just pray as we uh, Come into your word this morning that, God, you would reveal yourself uh, to us, that, God, we can take your word and uh, um, we can gain understanding and gain wisdom for how you would desire for us to live our lives each and every day in a way that would bring honor and glory to your son's name and, God, that would uh, make an impact on the kingdom here in our city. And God, would just pray that you take this word that is spoken this morning, that God, you would use it to mold us into the people you desire for us to be. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. We're going to be in Luke 21 uh, this morning. We're going to be looking... Uh, I may have chosen the more difficult of the two options in Luke 21 to try to connect it to uh, us today, but we're going to be looking at the destruction uh, of the temple in Luke 21. We're going to begin in verse 1. We're going to read the entire uh, chapter this morning, and then we will, we will dive in and see what God has to say uh, to us this morning. Luke 21, verse 1. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins, and he said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. And while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, he said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will these things be, and what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, See that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them, and when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified, for these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes in various places, famines and pestilences, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my namesake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it therefore in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. 
But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart, and let not those who are out in the country enter it. For these are days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. Alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, for there will be great distress upon, upon the earth and wrath against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on earth, distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all this has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will become upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth, but stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strict strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and stand before the Son of Man. And every day he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and lodged on the mount called Olivet. And early in the morning, all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. Um, this, this morning we're looking at a very important um, event in history that has a significant value in validating the historical narratives of scripture to us today. Uh, and we're going to take a look at a couple of pictures. The first one we're going to look at this morning is just kind of a reconstruction of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem uh, in the time of Jesus. Now we've got an image uh, there. Um, and, and we're going to kind of dive into the conversation that Jesus is having uh, with the disciples. But if you look at this picture the temple, and we've often probably heard of the Temple Mount. Uh, the temple was really the central focus part of the city of Jerusalem. It was a symbol of power. It was it was a symbol to the people in the city of Jerusalem. Somewhere, something they they likely found value um, in that probably to a certain extent validated who they are as people. Uh, so, and, and of course, as you can see, every every other aspect of the city just kind of looked up. Um, to the temple. And then, of course, to anyone outside of the city of Jerusalem, it probably was a, a symbol of, a of power. And uh, likely, if you look through Jewish history, it's probably pretty intimidating considering uh, how God had walked through the history with the nation of Israel. The second picture we're going to show you today, um, Chad, you'll like this. Um, it's called the Arch of Titus. Uh, and this is a this is a Roman uh, uh, symbol of the destruction of the temple. This was something that they built to kind of memorialize the Roman takeover of the uh, city of uh, Jerusalem and the deconstruction of the temple. So it kind of symbolizes and lets us know that hey, this was a this was a big deal. It was a significant um turning point in history. Um it and for us as believers today, it valid it, it can kind of validate the legitimacy and the the authenticity of scripture and, and and the prophecy that we see in the dialogue between Jesus and the disciples this morning. Uh, it says in uh, Luke twenty one. We're going to go back to uh, verses five, verse five uh, this morning, and we're going to reread those few verses 
this morning. It says, And while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, he said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. So we, the disciples are having this conversation. Jesus overhears the conversation. He's there. He's conversating with them, and they're talking about this magnificent structure um, that is the temple. I, uh, the NLT uses the terminology of it being majestic. It was something that would catch your catch your eye, and, and I think when we look at this, it's kind of like, okay, what what does that say to us today? Where does where does the uh, destruction of the temple? What what's G, what's the message that Jesus has um, for us today? And just in thinking about that, um, a couple of questions uh, come to my mind when I think about the dialogue of uh, Jesus and the. Uh, Disciples is uh, in whom, in what, or where do we find value and validation? What are some things that we find value in? Family. Job. Money, possessions. I might not. I think I'm smoking. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm thinking here. Hey, this is harder than you think it is. Uh, and and, and I think, especially in our area of America, I think. A lot of value is placed on, and I, I think, and I'm I'm going to write this beside this because I think there's a, a misconception sometimes in our cultural climate, and especially in the Bible Belt, is not necessarily the church as the body of people, but the church as in the building where we. Uh, where we meet, and, and I kind of think a lot of times, and I, 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 I've experienced this, is that church becomes this this majestic thing in our lives, and and I and I think we've experienced this a little bit uh, over the last year with COVID, to where all of the sudden we couldn't be here anymore. The building was was gone and, and and I'll be honest with you, just in our context here it was it was it was I remember the first conversation we had when when the whole covid thing hit a few of us gathered up here and was like we're going to talk about this and I remember the initial conversation all right this is going to last a couple of weeks we're not going to have church and well in a couple of weeks we'll be we'll be right back to normal well Couple weeks turned into a month. The month turned into several months. To now, we are here a year later, and maybe we're starting to occasionally return to a little bit of pre-COVID normalcy. Uh, and, and I'll be there. Was moments. I'll be honest with you. There was moments I was lost, uh, and like, what in the world do we do? Uh, because we can't go to church on Sunday, like, and I and I've not been one of those people for a while where going to a building was something that had this like extreme incredible value. Like, I felt more value in just being the church in the daily in the day to the day rhythms of life and, and and talking about Jesus and allowing Jesus to come out of the overflow of my life and regular daily routines. But 
I did find in COVID that there was a little bit of validation that I found in being present at a building uh, that I missed, that I that I longed for. Um, so, yeah, there's things that we find value and we find validation in. How? And the next question I had in regards to that is, how do these things impact our view of the world, present, future, and maybe even uh, when we look at what possibly could be the end of the world because I, I I haven't necessarily viewed that through this but I've heard the conversations of people like COVID's the end of the world um, uh, this racial and social injustice movement the world the riots and all the chaos the world is is coming coming to an end Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head, you know, um, you know, these, we have these things that bring value and validation to our lives, and then all of a sudden they, we may not realize it, but they, they influence how we live our lives today, how we look at our future, uh, and then maybe even how we look at the end of the world, and I, and I can, uh, I can imagine. Let's 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 imagine for a minute. Somebody walks in, and they give you a forecast that hey, this is going to happen. Um, this thing that you value, because to the to to the disciples, to uh, the people at that time, the temple was was the thing. Um, and I think we've all got those things in our life. I think there's, to an extent, as Americans, we we look and there's this value that hey, we've got we've got we've got a government, we've got a a place that our government resides, and as long as that's intact, everything is okay. Uh, and you think about some of the chaos that's taken place over the last year. Where has been that central focus for us as Americans? Um, the, the economy. The economy. Yeah. And, and, and as we see those things kind of shake, so somebody walks in and says, hey, all that's gone. Give, give, that's, it's coming. The day is coming that all that's going to be gone. How do we how do we respond? It's gonna be chaos. It's gonna be chaos. Maybe so. There's chaos. Maybe there's there's fear. Um. I think compromise is a good word. You know, we've had we've had all these things that we live in, all these standards and ideals that we live by, and then all of a sudden, somebody says, "Hey, this is going to be this is going to be taken away," and maybe they give some alternatives to, "Hey, if you do this." Maybe holding it up or like protecting that fell. Like, what would you do? Yeah, maybe some sadness that hey, I don't want that to happen. Uh, and I think that's interesting because we see what they're looking at the temple, they're talking about how magnificent it is. Jesus tells them, hey. The time's coming that all these things that you're looking at, all these things that you hold up, that you value, this the city is it's going to be destroyed. Not one rock is going to be 
unturned. It's going to be, it's going to be leveled. What, what was their response? Teacher, when will these things be? What will be the sign when these things are about to take place? I like to know. If things are going to happen in my life, I like to know. I think we all do. We like to try to have things figured out. Correct, and, and, and that's that's the direction where. Yeah, where, I think that's the direction that he's wanting you to go yeah. in that scripture. Yes. Um. So the the disciples are saying, "Hey, when's this going to take place?" And I, and I think that's our natural reaction to, "Hey, this is going to happen." Uh, and maybe, maybe even from a, to an extent, even we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, um, but we probably do things today in preparation for what may or may not happen tomorrow. Why? Because we want to have we want to have that grip. We want to have that sense of I've got this. Um, that if if this happens, I'm 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 okay. And, and, and then Jesus responds back to the disciples. And he said, first thing he says, see that you are not led astray. Um, but then there's, there's this word that comes up over 20 different times as Jesus goes through this dialogue throughout the rest of Luke 21. And he uses, this, he uses the word will. Um, and, I, and I think that's important because I think what Jesus wants us to understand, and, and I think it's very significant about the kingdom of God that he wants us to understand today, is that there's things that, are, that will happen, um, that we can't, we don't know what those things will be. We don't know when they will happen, but Jesus, Jesus uses that word will over and over and over. He says, uh, for many will come in my name saying, he said, there will be these people that are going to look like me. They're going to have the appearance. They're going to say some of the right, right things. They may twist some of those things just a little bit to where if you're not where you need to be, uh, you will be led astray. But he, he, he uses that word over 20 different times in this text and says, this, this will happen. And, and he's telling these disciples hey, that hey, he's told them that the temple will be destroyed. Um, and he said, these things will happen between now and the time that the temple is destroyed. Anything from, there will be people that look, look like me, don't go after them. There will be wars, there will be persecution, there will be, some of you will die. Um, and, and, and I think, uh, and we're guilty of this in our cultural context of, for us, it's not the, destruction of the temple. It's not that Jesus has told us, hey, your capital is going to be destroyed. These things that you value are going to be destroyed. We're, we're living in this time that, as he mentions later in the text, that one day the coming of Jesus, Jesus is going to come back. The end's going to come. It may not be during our lifetime, because let's understand, 2,000 years has elapsed since Jesus said, hey, one day this, I'm going to come again. Um, uh, 2000, almost 2,000 years has elapsed since the temple was destroyed. There, but a lot, guess what? A lot of what Jesus said would happen has happened. And depending on how long time goes on, guess what? A lot of things will continue to happen. Um, COVID happened. Uh, some people overreacted and said, oh, I, I remember these conversations, COVID is the, the, the vaccine is the mark of the beast. Um, uh, the riots, it's the end of the world. Uh, this, 
the, all the chaos, the world is falling apart. Jesus is coming back. Yeah, he's coming back. We don't know when. And, and, and when we get to thinking about those things, we're kind of like the disciples. I want to know, Jesus, what, what, what do I need to look for? Um, what, what, what do I need to do today that is going to prepare me for... Uh, and, and we want to see something. And, and, and I think it's just kind of natural for us as people that if something's going to happen, we tend to live in the world of I want to see rather than just have faith that God is in control. Um, and the thing about it is, is when we want to see something, a lot of times we lose sight of the incredible valuable things that we need to be doing day to day anyway uh, when it comes to our walk with Jesus. You see, as, 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 the, as we look at the destruction of the temple and it, it validates the truth of Scripture, um, I think there's something really incredible for us to grasp because let's be honest, some of the stuff that's happened and some of our responses to what's happened, let's just say in the last year, for us as believers, because this is a dialogue between Jesus and the disciples, um, so, some of the way we've reacted is kind of quite laughable. Um, like, I mean, it's not just the social and racial injustice and the riots. It's not just, it's not just COVID. There's the whole political climate that has taken place over the last year, which Quite honestly, I don't think it matters which side of the fence that you stand on. The way some people reacted and responded, it's just like, wow. Really? Uh, and, and, and for me, being a follower of Jesus, it's, dis, it's very concerning to me to see how quote-unquote believers have responded to everything that's happened in the last year. Um, like, are we serious that we think the, vac the vaccine is the mark of the beast? Seriously? I mean... Prophets, so-called prophets, standing up and saying, "Yeah, this is this is what's going to happen." Trump, I'm just going to throw this out there. This is who's going to be president. <laughs> I mean, so-called prophets. Yeah, this 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 is this is who's going to be president. Even even after the election was over, this guy's he's still going to be president. And, and, and I think like that's. That's how we respond to this. Like, and what it boils down to is what we value, what validates us. In a lot of ways over the last year, we've seen it be torn down. We've seen it become destroyed. And it has, it has unsettled a whole lot of people. And, and Jesus, and I think what Jesus is telling the disciples is, this, is going, this stuff's going to happen. As you go through life, there's, there's going to be difficulty. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be people that are going to come into your life that's going to trick you. They're going to lead you astray. Or they're at least going to attempt to. But I love what he says. But before we do that, I want to read this quote from Josephus. A significant part. This was his... This was his statement in regards to the destruction of the temple. Now who is there that revolves these things in his mind and yet is able to bear sight of the sun? Though he might live out of danger, who is there so much his country's enemy or so unmanly and so desirous of living as not to repent that he is still alive? And I cannot but wish 
that we had all died before we had seen that holy city demolished by the hands of our enemies or the foundations of our holy temple dug up after so profane a manner. I wish we would have just died before we would have seen this happen. I mean, do we as followers of Jesus think that God has all of the sudden lost control of the world? To the extent that we've become fearful to live life and allow God to work through us in these things? Like, I'm going to be honest with you this morning. Like, I feel like to an extent... I allowed COVID to keep me from fully living the life that Jesus Christ called me to live. And, and, and I, it wasn't out of fear because I don't, I don't think I ever really feared COVID, but I wanted to respect the, the mandates and the things that people passed down because I didn't want to be looked at as that person. Well, he's just that guy that just doesn't care about other people. I wanted to be, and, and I struggled for a little while with, okay, how do I be compassionate to, towards people, and, 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 but at the same time, live out the calling that God has given me for my life? Because I, I, and I th- we talked about this a little bit, about, you know, that, okay, that, that decision of doing, Okay, what, what really is righteousness? What really is the right decision? Sometimes, and we, sometimes we, we, we see certain things as wrong, and, but we look at Scripture, and there's evidence that most of the time if you look at it and say, man, that person was wrong, but then we see that God utilizes that, and that person did that, and it had a righteous motive. Um, like Rahab, we talked about that this morning. Rahab deceived the people of the city in order to protect the, the spies that had come to spy out the city. Um, uh, what would we normally call, what would we normally say about someone not telling the truth? That's the lie, and we would look down upon that, right? But was Rahab wrong in doing what she did? Not according to what we see in Scripture. It was God's way of bringing about the purposes of God. Um, And what sometimes we see as uh, undignified, God sees as righteousness. And and, and I think here we see a a situation where we have this view of what right looks like. And Jesus comes in and he flips the... He flips the script. He said, because was there really anything bad about the temple? No. The temple was considered the holy place. It was considered the place where they went to, to worship. Now, have motives got messed up and probably people were no longer viewing the temple as what the temple was initially meant to be? Yeah, probably. Guess what? We take good things today. And we, we, we manipulate them with our motives to where they don't, they're not righteous anymore. Yeah, the, the story of the widow right at the beginning is they gave out of their abundance. They gave way more than she did. But she gave all she had. And all she had in light of uh, what we have in our monetary value system today, I mean, what are you going to buy with a penny? Nothing. And what she gave is less than the value of a penny today. So our, our natural response to that is, yeah, she didn't give nothing. But she gave all she had. And I love what Jesus says in verses 13 through 19. He says, This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it therefore in your minds, 
not to meditate beforehand how to answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By endurance, you will gain your lives. See, our value system is based upon what we feel like we bring to the table. Like, even, even in church, we, we plan out, we, we, we have these ideas, hey, if we do this, we can reach people. If we say this or we, we do this just the right way, man, we're going to bear witness to Jesus. And I and I I think probably in that day the temple was probably that man this man this is this is a beautiful testimony to to who God is and what God has done. And I think more or less Jesus says, you know what? I don't need that temple. I, I don't need that. And I I think sometimes Jesus um, needs to remind us in our lives, hey, I I, I don't need that. I don't need a certain amount of money. I don't need a certain type of building. I don't need a certain song. I don't need a certain, a certain individual. I don't need that. And I think a lot of times we miss, we miss what God's trying to do because we lose sight of that, that he can work in any situation no matter what we're going through. Can Jesus work in COVID? Absolutely. I think we've seen evidence of that. Can Jesus work amongst the, the social and re, racial injustice things that are happening in our country, the, the chaos, the riots? Can God work in that? Yes, yeah, sometimes, and, and, and sometimes we, let's just be honest, we need to turn these things off. We need, we need to turn the news off. Um, and we need to realize that it's because of all of that. It's all of these things that we, we look to for value and validation for so, social. I'm sorry, but a lot of people, and I'm guilty of it myself, we find value and validation in social media. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, can it be used for good? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But but it's not the it's not the end all be all. Yeah, can churches use it for good? And I, I think we've seen God work through all of this situation to use social media for good. Sometimes we're like, man, we can't even get our feed to stay up for an entire thirty minutes or so. Jesus says, Listen, all of this that's going on. That and understand this, all these all these famines and all these pestilences, it's nothing that we created. And all honestly, Jesus is saying, I think Jesus wants us to be creative. Don't 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 let's not misinterpret. I think God wants to use our gifts, He wants to use our talents, He will use our gifts and talents. But when those things become our end all be all, Jesus, I think, tears it down. He tears down the temple, the temples in our lives, the things that steal the show. And he says, I don't need that. He says, matter of fact, all of these things that are going around you, on around you are an opportunity to bear witness of me. COVID is an opportunity for us to bear witness of Jesus. The riots is an opportunity for us to bear witness of Jesus. The political outrage is an opportunity for us to bear witness of Jesus. And I'm guilty of this, having conversations about what I don't like or what I do like and all this about what all's going on instead of actually doing something 
about it. He says, settle it therefore in your minds, not, a, not to meditate beforehand how to answer, for I will give you mouth and I will give you wisdom. See, sometimes we are guilty as followers of Jesus of wanting to force the opportunity to bear witness of Jesus. I, I wasn't a part of the, really a part of the conversation, but I remember Super Bowl party night when Chad showed up. And matter of fact, I was the guy that everybody said, hey, you want to go out there and check and make sure Josh is okay? He's been outside for a while. <laughs> because him and Chad had been talking. And I just went out there and just kind of stood there. Didn't really add any to the conversation but I, I think Chad would testify to this. If Chad would have been there and we would have showed up and would have all of a sudden started talking about Jesus, he probably would have been like, man, y'all are crazy, and left. That wasn't a forced opportunity. It was just an opportunity that God provided to bear witness of his name. And I think, I think when we get caught up in creating things, creating activities, creating events to grab people's attention, it comes across as forcing religion or forcing Jesus onto people. And, and not to say that those are bad things, but I think, what about, what if our opportunities to bear witness came from the overflow of our consistent abiding in Jesus to the point it naturally overflowed into our daily lives and conversations without the need for coercion. What if, what if as we went through all of these events in our lives, we abided in Jesus to the point that when we're talking about COVID, when we're talking about racial and social injustice, when we're talking about political turmoil, when we're talking about the things that maybe we do or don't like in our country, that because we spent so much time with Jesus, that Jesus kind of overflows into those conversations. Not forced, but it just naturally happens because why? We're spending time with Jesus. And when that happens, I believe that's when he gives us that mouth he gives us that wisdom to bear witness of his name. Notice how he ends Luke 21 as we get ready to kind of wind things down this morning. He says, but watch yourselves. Lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life and that's, that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. You know, we don't know. I, I don't know when the end is going to come. I don't know when those moments in our life like COVID are going to happen. I don't know. But what I do know is that I have a God and a Savior that's in control. I know I have someone that I can lean into even in the turmoil. That even maybe when those things in my life that I find value and validation in get torn down, that there's someone I can lean into. Matter of fact, I love what Jesus says when he's talking about the, when he would come again. He says, hey, know that when these things begin to take place, your redemption is drawing near. If life goes on and some, one thing that's for certain is we're all going to die at some point. 
it's going to be over for us. We don't know when that's going to happen. Some of us would like to know, but we, we, we don't have no control over that. But we know it's going to happen. Everybody dies. If life goes on for another 2,000 years before Jesus comes back, as I go throughout the things that are just going to happen, just know I'm that much closer to Jesus. I'm just that much closer to my redemption, experiencing my redemption, uh, to experiencing the kingdom of God. And, I, and the message that Jesus had as he predicted the destruction of the temple was this, be watchful. And I, and I think when he's saying that, I think, I think it's important to understand, be present in the moment to what God is saying and what God is doing. Because it's so easy for us, as it says here, to get weighed down, to get caught up in what's going on, that we lose sight of Jesus, we lose sight of his word. Be aware of the distractions, which I think our awareness of distractions is largely connected to our abiding in Jesus, abiding in his word. And he goes, he goes on to say, stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength. Be consistent in prayer. How are we going to respond the next time something like COVID happens? Or who's to say that we don't have another uptick in what, what and, it, and it shifts our lives again? Be consistent in prayer. That way we've got the strength to carry on if that happens. See, one of the great misunderstandings is that the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom and that living for Jesus brings us this incredible, safe, and comfortable life. See, the truth is, is the gospel of the kingdom never promises us safety. It never promises us comfort. It promises us grace that is sufficient in times of trouble. It promises us hope that even in the darkest moments of life, we, never, we are never too far that we cannot be rescued by King Jesus. See, God's kingdom ruled by Jesus, it's coming one day. It's coming. And, and we pray that while we're here on this earth, we have moments where we experience his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But one day his kingdom is coming. And it will set things right. See, we look, we look at texts like this in the scripture. We look at revelations, and a lot of times I think um, those, th- that type of literature in scripture and that type of stuff in scripture is, if it's misinterpreted, it, it stirs up fear of the end, fear of what might happen. Um, and those misinterpretations, we, we symbolize, well, this is what God's going to do today. It, it, scripture can't mean for us what it didn't mean for them back then. And, and, and I think when Jesus is talking to his disciples, he's not here to incite fear by saying, hey, the temple's going to be destroyed. No, he's, he, he, is, he is speaking to them to incite confidence. That, hey, yeah, these things are going to happen. The temple's going to be destroyed. Some of you are going to die. There's, there's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be, there's going to be, pet, there's going to be all, of, all of these things are going to happen. But know that as these things happen, your redemption and the kingdom of God comes near. Guess what? If we didn't miss it, and amongst all that's happened in our country over the last year and around the world, 
God hasn't distanced himself from us. He's come near. The kingdom of God is not further away. It's gotten closer. All of this that if, if we misinterpret what is happening, we would think God has lost complete control. But what Jesus did 2,000 years ago by laying his life down on Calvary's cross has not pushed him further away. It's brought him near. Tomorrow I'll be a day older and that much closer to death. My redemption's not further away. It's that much closer. My difficulty tomorrow is not a God distancing himself from me. It's the kingdom of God coming closer in my life. See, if we don't lean in to Jesus, if we're not watchful, if we're not prayerful, if we're not meditating on Scripture in moments like that, it's when it's times like that we will be deceived. When Jesus wants to utilize those moments to become more in our life. As we prepare for a time of worship, I want to close us in a word of prayer. And then Tyler and Derek's going to come and lead us. can't help but think, man, our redemption is closer today than it was yesterday. Tomorrow our redemption will be closer then than it is today. Maybe today you've never started your journey of following Jesus. And we'd love to come alongside you in that journey. It's, it's life. It can be chaotic at times. It can, it can be uncertain at times. But Jesus ain't out. Of, God's not lost control. And in, on those, in those moments, Jesus only draws near. Let's pray.